Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy freaking new year. It is now 2020. January 1st, 2020. I can't believe that it is 2020. It is crazy to me to think about that. Uh, For some reason, I still remember um, this time when I was in eighth grade and one of my teachers was talking about the year 2020 for some reason. I remember thinking back then, this was, I don't know, um, 2006, maybe 2007 when I was in eighth grade. Um, Let's see, I graduated in 2010. So yeah, 2005, 2006, sometime in there. And I I just remember sitting there thinking like, wow, 2020, that that seems like so far away. I'm going to be 27 years old in 2020. That's crazy. I just started thinking about all of that stuff um, in my eighth grade mind. And now it's here. 2020 is here, guys. And I can't think of a more appropriate topic to kick the year off with than this one. And if you listen to the show at all, you know that Wednesdays are topic episodes. So if you're new to the show, basically what we do every single Wednesday, we bring you three guests that have already been on the show. So every single guest that you're about to hear from has already been on the show and had their own episode in the past. Okay, so we go back and we take a few minutes of of, uh, these particular guests where they talked about one topic specifically. So this one is building a foundation for success. 
Building a Foundation for Success, and we're featuring Brad Lee, Dan Fleischman, and Bedros Koulian, all three of which are just some of the highest level people that we've had here on the show. Um, Dan has got to be one of the most well-connected people I've ever met, possibly the most well-connected person that I've ever met. Um, He just knows so many people, and he has truly mastered the value add, an expert, expert, expert at building his network. Um, And then, uh, and and not to mention, he's, you know, made tens and tens of millions of dollars through all the different uh, ventures and business deals that he's done since he was 19 years old. Um, and uh, then we have Brad Lee, who's the CEO founder of Lightspeed VT. Um, he's spoken on stages like 10x Growth Con and a good friend of mine, a local guy here in Vegas. Um, and then we have Bedros Koulian, who runs a company called Fitbody Bootcamp. Um, and they're just popping up all over the place. I was back home uh, where I grew up in a city called Lancaster, which not a lot of people know where that is. And there's not a lot of stuff going on there. But there was a Fitbody Bootcamp that just went in recently. And uh, uh, Bedros is absolutely killing it with his company right now. Um, they're doing uh, they're doing into nine figures annually now. And uh, all three of these guys, Brad, Bedros, and Dan are just amazing, amazing dudes. And they know how to build a foundation for success. I promise you that. Both, all, all three of them have done it over and over and over again throughout their entire careers. So this is gonna, definitely going to be one that you are going to want to pay attention to. Uh, but really quickly, um, if, if starting a podcast is on the list for you this year, uh, be sure to head over to travischapel.com slash apply. Um, just schedule a phone call with me because I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see if you and I would be a good fit to work with each other. We only have a couple of spots left here in coaching for Q1 of 2020, which should be filling up here pretty soon. Um, so if you, uh, either want to become a full-time podcaster, make, make this your full-time living or income. If you're working a nine to five right now, you want to make it your full-time thing. Um, or if you are currently a six or seven figure entrepreneur and you want to add this to your, um, uh, uh, revenue streams this year, and you want to start building more credibility and authority in your space, uh, then, then starting a podcast is going to be one of the best uses of your time this year. And I, uh, taking on, like I said, a couple more more people to help with that process. There's a lot of guesswork um, that uh, that you have to do if you don't get somebody to help you out, just like I did when I first started, just like basically every successful podcaster that I know did when they first started. So um, if you want to be on the right side of the statistics, then uh, head over to travischapel.com slash apply. At least just book a time to have a conversation with me. There's no harm in having a conversation. We'll at least just be able to connect a little bit better. Okay. So travischapel.com slash apply, head over there and we'll chat really soon. And now here is building a foundation for success with Brad Lee, Dan Fleischman, and Bedros Koulian. So you ended your show with asking me this question, so I'm going to start my show by asking you this question. Yeah. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Hmm. Well, I would have to say they're equally important because if you don't know the what, it doesn't matter who you know. Hmm. Now, again, that could be argued, Mm -hmm. but if you know everything, but you don't know anybody, yeah. then what you know really doesn't matter either. But I guess you could help yourself that way. I would say they're 50-50. Because a lot, of, yeah, a lot of people will tell you it's who you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And I would disagree because I know a lot of people, and it doesn't help me knowing anybody unless I have the what, unless I know something, unless I have something. Right? So, right, right. So put your feet to the fire here. This year, 2018... Somebody's asking you, which one of these should I double down on? Should I double down on just studying and getting a lot of knowledge? Or should I really double down on building some relationships with some awesome people that are above the level, quote unquote, that I'm on? Well, again, it really depends because I don't know how long it's going to take you to nurture a relationship long enough to be in a position where you can ask a favor without providing any value. So Mm. like I said, the cliche answer and most people's answer is the who. Mm. Why? I don't know. Maybe because someone 
fed that line to us a while back. But you need the what. Now, what's more important? I can't say what's more important because if you have one without the other, and a lot of times, you're just screwed. Yeah. So to me, it's a 50-50. Now, if you had to make me choose what or who, I would probably... Like which one of those will breed more of the other one of those? Well... Obviously, it's the who, and if you pose it like that, because you're going to learn a lot from all those who's, mm-hmm. and then you'll gain to your what, which I think was what you kind of said. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. But if you don't have any what mm-hmm. before you meet the who's, yeah, you're wasting your time. I can't tell you how many people are ill-prepared when the door opens. Yeah. When I ask you, so what do you do? Or I ask you, hey, nice to meet you, Travis. What's happening? Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to say. Yeah. That's the what, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have your pitch down. You don't have your value proposition. You don't know your product very well. You don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Well, now you know me, and I think you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. So what what value is knowing me? Right. So perfect example. I'm the who. Now, what value, if you don't have the what, what value of knowing me do you have? Because people are overvaluing relationships. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, and they don't do shit for me. Yeah. Okay? Nor do they want to do anything with me. Why? Because I don't know shit, mm. right? Right. But if I knew shit and I knew people, right? do you cuss on your podcast, by the way? No. Can you edit this or not? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> Just bleep it out. <clears throat> yeah. I apologize. No, you're good. So if you don't know anything, bro, a relationship's not as valuable as everybody right. wants to make it sound. And that's a fact, okay? Because I can text people right now and they'll text me back. Who you want me to text? The who's who is in my phone. Yeah. Like name somebody. I probably have their phone number. Mm-hmm. I know things, which is why I have their phone number. Right. If I didn't know things, I didn't have the what, A, I wouldn't have their phone number, and B, if I did, it'd be worthless because, dude, just because I know somebody doesn't mean anything. Mm. You have to have a level of competence surrounding. You have to have the what, bro, right. Right. to start with. Well, and then, example, and then the who makes sense because if I can get next to so-and-so and let them understand what I know, the what, right, in this yeah. analogy. Mm-hmm. Then it means something to get the who. But if you know nothing, you have nothing, you don't have the what, and you know a bunch of people, it doesn't mean anything. How do I know? Because it's a fact. It's a reality. Now, we're not talking about the exception. Well, I know my brother's dad, who happened to be this person, who happened to give me a job because I was the Mm -hmm. kid's brother or friend. Right. Of course, things like that are going to happen, but you can't build a business on that. You can't rely on that. Mm-hmm. That's called luck. That's called right place at the right time. You're talking about building a business. You have to have the what in addition to the who's. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? No, definitely. And again, no, I, feel free to argue with me. No, I agree. I agree with that completely. I just argue that if you were to double down on something, I would say double down on the who because the, your who will always raise your what so much. Yeah, but you're also, well, again, true, but... That's if you're smart enough to leverage the who to get the what. Right, exactly. So now again, if, if, if I told you right here, now, right? if I told you right now, I know where to get one billion dollars cash. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I know where to get that. Mm-hmm. Or now you know me, and we're never going to do business. Yeah, what's more valuable, the oh, what the, oh, the or what. the who? The what for sure. See? In that situation. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It's like, you have to know something, man. When you said, what would you rather work on, the who's or the what? Honestly, I'd rather work on the what Hmm. in most part of the year and then the who's. But see, my answer is always both. Anytime you get a decision, 
you know, a choice. Hey, I have to choose between these two good things. I always say both. I have a suite at the T-Mobile Arena and I have glass seats because I went to get glass seats. We went to look at a suite. Now mm-hmm. I had to choose. Now I got both. So I don't pick one or the other. I just want people to know, your listeners to know, especially on Build Your Network, because they're listening to build their network and mm-hmm. they all buy into the who mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be listening to you probably. They better be. Yeah, so I want to give a different perspective for people to kind of really think and use their mind a little bit because the who you know, people start going out and trying to network and trying to meet these people. Dude, Mm -hmm. a lot of people come up to me and they know me. Mm -hmm. They've called me. We've talked. And it hasn't done anything for them. Do you know why? Because they don't don't have have the what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so all I'm saying to your people are, listen, obviously who you know is very important and it's a big advantage, but you better have your what down. And if I were you, I'd focus on the what for a minute unless you already have it. So if you already have a good solid what, Mm -hmm. well, then I would say go with the who because your network is important. It has provided me a lot of advantages to be able to text these people. But when I text them, I'm bringing the what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be competent enough for them to look at that and be like, oh, Brad texted. Now I'm going to text it back instead of, oh, Brad's texting me again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, when you walk in a room, you want to know who knows what, right? Right. Yeah. So it's equally important because if you know who, but you don't know what, then Mm -hmm. what's it matter? Right. Right. Very true. I'm just trying to figure out many ways to say what and who together. (laughs) Who knows what? Horton hears a who. (laughs) Everything about the fact that other people making money and being upset about it is insane to me. Right. Because it's part of the game. It's part of business. It's part of life. But the amount of money people are going to need 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now is way higher than what it is now. Right. People are already don't make the money that they need to, to survive. It's expensive. Right. That's the scary thing for me, man. Like being in the generation that I'm in as a millennial and in my twenties, like looking at that as our future, like that is, I mean, that's the future. Like we can't, we're not going to be able to do what my parents or maybe my grandparents did and work like 40 years at a job and retire off my pension and right. get some money from social security. Like it's not going to be an option. Right. If we even have social security. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which probably we won't. <laughs> inflation is, inflation isn't stopping. Mm-hmm. And the amount of what people make is just not proportionate. The middle class will stay middle or go lower. The rich are just going to get much, much richer because it's so easy to make money once you have money. Hmm. And real estate will never stop because we're gaining hundreds of new millions of people a year. Right. And not enough people are dying. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're going from 7 billion to 7.2 to 7.4 to 8 billion. Like when we hit 10 billion people, think about what happens to real estate. Right. What happens when we have 12 billion people? Hmm. Because as we get hundreds of millions of more people, what happens? Well, they make, they produce together hundreds of millions of more people. And then 10, or sorry, then 30 years later, they make hundreds of millions of more people. Mm-hmm. And it's a compounding effect that and happens. And they all got to live somewhere. And they all want to live here. Right. They all want to live in California. and They want to live in New York and Miami and Las Vegas. Like, look at Las Vegas now and seven years ago. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. It's crazy. If you just look like a, a helicopter photo from above or the space from above of just how many more homes and lights there are, there's a million more lights now like we're in the desert right in Las in the, Vegas. literally the middle of nowhere right <laughs> like it's like an island of things and then outside of that is just acres and acres and acres and square miles of right. desert so what happens is the wealthy get much wealthier because of real estate because of the stock market because of all the things that happen there but then also on consumer goods restaurants grocery stores parking lots cars gasoline all the things that we have to consume that are the mm-hmm. mandatory things we consume more and more hundreds of millions of more people are going to be doing that every single year. Mm. And that's going to compound to 8 billion, 9 billion, 10 billion. So wanting to have generational wealth 
for your family, it, it's mandatory at this point. Right. And the fact that you, if you know that middle class can go lower, especially look at San Francisco, you look at the wealthiest people on the planet and that are only going to get wealthier. But then there's people making 120 grand a year living out of their car. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because inflation of real estate there went so insane that it's unsustainable. Yeah. So basically the more inflation happens and the more the population continues to grow, the fewer amount of people will find themselves in the middle class. Right. Is like middle class is basically disappearing at this point. Yeah. People are becoming millionaires. You're becoming like up in the quote unquote rich right. part of society, or you're like going below the poverty line. You're going right? to get by. Right. So how do you prevent yourself from doing that? What are some like... So there's never been an easier time to make more money. Hmm. Doing e-commerce and drop shipping, investing in real estate, buying rental homes. Like it sounds crazy to buy a rental home. They're not as expensive as people think. Right. You don't have to buy a $600,000 house. Mm-hmm. You can buy a $140,000 house, rent it out for a thousand bucks a month. Doesn't sound like much money, but if every year you do that and every two years you do that and you buy another condo, another house, and you just rent them out for 1100 bucks a month and 800 bucks a month, 1500 bucks a month, I'm not talking about $400,000 houses with three grand a month. Mm-hmm. You buy a $140,000 condo and you can't come up with 14 grand, people can. Right. And the problem is too many people are making 50 grand a year and just existing and buying more supreme. Exactly. Yeah. That's the big thing is that you live up to your means instead of living below your means. And you want to go buy the new Camaro instead of just getting a used Camry or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about like how living below your means is going to allow some of these people to be able to move on to the next level, quote unquote, of finance? Right. So what happens is the more money you have to work with, whether you're buying cryptocurrency, whether you're investing in real estate, whatever it is to do with that money, or now you put it into your business or yourself, then it can replicate. Then it can grow. If you take the money that you're doing, and instead of having a two grand a month apartment, now you have a three grand a month apartment. And instead of having the, the Camry, now you get the BMW. That small change of a thousand bucks a month and 500 bucks a month, that 1500 bucks is 18 grand a year. Which is exactly the figure that you were just talking about to buy a piece of real estate right. that can possibly put more money in your pocket. Every year. Yeah, for sure. Just by doing that simple thing of not going. And I'm not saying to not go to Starbucks because it's four bucks a day. Like, right. I'm not getting that granular. Mm. I'm talking about. Not necessarily on the Dave Ramsey plan of right. financial freedom. Yeah. That's also not living. Right. I'm not saying not to go to Starbucks and have something that you enjoy. Mm. Right. I'm not saying those things. I'm saying you don't need a Benz. Mm. You just don't. Right. I haven't owned a car in four years. <laughs> I literally don't have a car. That's hilarious. It's hilarious to me just because of the people that I know that are out driving sixty, seventy thousand dollar cars when I know I know very well how much you know how much they're yeah. making. And it's just like I don't know if it's just naivety, like they just don't believe that that's coming in the future, or if it's just lack days of attitude, like they just don't care. People you know? think that it's never gonna stop. Hmm. You know, they work at the nightclub. They make seven grand a month in tips and they think the nightclub's going to be open forever. Mm. Yeah. You see it here in Las Vegas the most. Mm-hmm. Bottle service girl comes here, she starts making $9,200 in the month and doesn't understand that November, December, and January, the clubs suck mm. and they're closed basically. And th- those months she's going to make three grand. Right. But her- she still got bills to pay up to seven grand. Yeah. Yes. But right. now her car, instead of 400 bucks is 1200 because she had to get the sickest one. And then she spent 4500 bucks on wheels and she bought the Gucci bag and the Chanel. And I'm not calling out bottle service girls. I'm just using right. the example of they found something that they could make good money on and think it's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it over and over where people get into something and they think it's going to last forever. And then when it stops, they don't know what to do. 
yeah. and they have no savings because they're wearing their savings or they're driving their savings or they ate their savings or they drank their savings. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So what do you feel about a side hustle? This episode of the Build Your Network podcast will be back in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site we are guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job descriptions, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. I personally love Indeed. It makes it easy to hire great talent, and according to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Wide. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash network. The offer is valid through March 31st. So what are you waiting for? Go to indeed.com slash network and claim $75 in free credit before March 31st. That's indeed.com slash network. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
This episode of the Build Your Network podcast is brought to you by Gusto, the all-in-one HR for growing businesses. You can get everything you need to hire, pay, manage, and support your hardworking team in one intuitive platform. You can automatically file and pay all state, local, and federal payroll taxes, do simple time tracking, time off requests, and more, and have access to a wide range of health and financial benefits and direct access to certified HR experts. That's just a few of the amazing tools that you get with Gusto. And right now, you can get three months free when you run your first payroll. All you have to do is use the URL gusto.com slash Travis. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash Travis. All right, let's get back to the show. So I'm the biggest proponent of side hustles. It's absolutely positively the easiest time in history to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you have mobile apps and websites that are provided for you in seconds mm-hmm. for cheap or free. You can start a ClickFunnels site tonight selling podcastmics.com. And we can start selling podcast mics that we drop ship from Alibaba tonight. I can go register all the social medias for at podcast mics tonight and go get the trademark if I want to spend money. If I don't want to spend money, I don't get the trademark. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, podcastmics.com that you and I own together launches tonight. And I can do my contract with you for 50-50 deal on LegalZoom.com. And by tonight, PodcastMikes.com is a business. <laughs> and now, instead of spending five grand to do X, Y, and Z, I just take that five grand and actually put it into PodcastMikes.com for Facebook ads. And I start buying some other ads. Yeah. And it, if it converts, I spend more. And if it doesn't, I don't... Like, I can have a business tonight. Right. Whether it's eBay, dropshipping, e-commerce, real estate buying and selling t-shirts, flipping stuff. The things that you see Gary Vee talk about, those are real. Mm-hmm. He's just talking about the very small version of it, of, the, of you going and get stuff for free and then right. selling that couch, right? That works too. But if you want to actually make money, take a thousand bucks and use that as your flipping money. Right. Take four grand, use that as your flipping money. Some of it's still a game to me. Like I bought a hundred something pairs of Gary Vee shoes for fun. I gave out 20 or 30 to my friends and staff. And then I have the other ones to flip. Mm. I don't need to do that. I don't need to flip shoes. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, right, right. The game is fun. His last shoes, I bought 40 pairs and texted him a picture because I was like, look, I'm, these 40, I'm going to give, I'm going to hold aside. And I actually had 25 get sent to the office that I gave out to my friends again mm. and some of the staff. Yeah. But those 40 pairs are just for me to hold because Gary is on this path where he's going to get famouser and famouser. They may be worth more. And if they're not, I'll give them away. Right. But what's my risk? Four grand. <laughs> my upside is... 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. Right. If they do go to three, four, five, 600 bucks like they are on eBay already, that's my upside. My downside is nothing. They're right. never going to be worth less than that 100 bucks, but they're always going to be worth something for me to just give away for free or for a contest or whatever. That's the game to me. And if I'm doing it, why wouldn't anybody be doing that? Right. And then people have this idea too where they have to have money to start it. You know, I have this idea, right? Everybody has an idea. I have this idea to do this, 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 and this, but I need money for that. And I, I'm right now I'm only able to save like 150 bucks a month because my job is this and my expenses are this. And I bought this other thing and this other thing that I shouldn't have had. And now I don't have any money to do any of that. But what you do have is time, right? So what you're just talking about, spend your time to go do some of these things, like go do some of the stuff that you maybe like save the money and use the time. You got to do one or the other. Right. You got to either have some money to spend on it. And, you know, you got to pay a VA to go target podcast mics, you know, uh, hashtags on Instagram and follow all these people and get people interested in your stuff. And then, you know, if you don't have money to spend on Facebook ads, maybe you don't spend the money on Facebook ads, but I know because I'm in them, there's like, there's like a hundred podcasting Facebook groups out there. So go join a hundred podcasting Facebook groups. And from eight 
p.m. till 11 p.m. just add value, put in content right. in podcasting Facebook groups. And right. then those people come over to your Facebook page and they, they go, oh, he sells podcasting mics. Perfect. I'm looking for a podcasting mic. Absolutely. Or my buddy just started a podcast. Maybe I can hook him up with, yep. with this guy. And it's just, I think it mainly just comes from like a fundamental belief that everything is going to be okay, even if you don't put in the work to make sure that it's okay, right. which is completely misleading for a lot of people. And I'm not a doom and gloom kind of a guy. Like I'm, I'm very positive, but at the same time, I'm a realist. You have to be able to look into the future and be like, look, if I keep going on the path that I'm at right now, maybe best case scenario, I have what, 1.1, $1.2 million in my 401k by the time I retire. Like, what is that? 50K a year for 20 years? Can you live off of $50,000 a year in 40 years from now? Probably not. Right. You know, so you're going to have to start, you're going to retire at 65 and then you're going to have to get the side hustle then. Right. So I'd rather have a side hustle now <laughs> and putting away money now that can compound by the time I'm at that age to be able to actually like retire when I want to retire. Sure. The premise about not having the money, that's literally what I wrote the book about. It's called How to Set Up Your Business for Under $1,000. Hmm. Perfect. Because people don't need as much money anymore to get started. Yeah. Every single time I autograph a book, I say one thing, just get started. Hmm. Because if we want to start podcastmics.com, we could start it right as we're sitting here. Mm -hmm. Like I could register everything right now, get it set up on Alibaba. And within hours, within hours, you and I would have a 50-50 joint venture business live on social media. I would take pictures of these mics. I would drag and drop pictures off of podcasts. I Google search images. I'd set up a, a clickfunnels.com or a Shopify account. Mm -hmm. And yeah. all of a sudden we have a business off of an idea. And guess what? If it doesn't work, what was our risk? Yeah. Three or a couple, four hours. A couple hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't even buy the inventory. We didn't. Right. If we wanted to go crazy, we could buy 500 bucks in inventory. Now we have. A $500 loss. Right. Max. Max. <laughs> and we could probably then sell those off to, back to somebody. Right. Exactly. It's just not as hard anymore. So what do you think it is? Like, what do you think the big thing is that holds people back from doing it? Themselves. They're just like, people are scared. It's not the lack of desire, right? Most people I talk to, they have a desire they to do something. They all want entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great term <laughs> they, for it. Everybody wants, to, they all want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Remember, we all want to be rappers and then <laughs> rappers all want to be basketball players and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Right. Somehow, the last couple of years, it became cool to become an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is fantastic for all of us. But it, there's so many people that just don't take the actual steps to do it. Mm -hmm. They just read all the books. They listen to all the podcasts and don't implement it. Right. You have to do both because while you're listening to this podcast and every other podcast and while you're reading those books, there's a lot of other hours in the day to actually do stuff. To actually do stuff. Exactly. You have a book called Man Up. You talk a lot about facing struggle head on. You talk a lot about running into pain and that's all stuff that I personally am kind of always been on board with. I'm more that whole like man up mentality. But then I also find this other segment of society that talks a lot about doing the inner work and working on yourself on the inside. And I feel like they're usually opposing forces, right? Like there's this side of, of men that are like, you know, like, no, like, you know, when, when you say man up, they get all offended and it's like, oh, I just want to be my, myself or whatever and right. blah, 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 whatever, right. whatever they right. say, right? right? But then you have this other segment that's like, man up, don't ever talk about your feelings. Like, don't be vulnerable. Like, that's not what a man does, you know? Yeah. And so I find really fascinating, like, I obviously prepared a lot for this and listened to a lot of different interviews. One of the more fascinating ones I listened to was one with Aubrey Marcus, where you talk a lot about some of the inner work that you've done to allow yourself to get to the point that you are. But then you still have this other thing of like, all right, man up, like face the challenge head on, like be a man about it. And I find it really fascinating. And it's something, it's something I really, really respect about you. Can you talk about how to balance those two like sure. inner opposing forces? 
See, that's the thing. I think too many people look at it through the wrong lens of that these are opposing forces, mm -hmm. right? In fact, if I want to do the self-work, the inner work, the deep work, yeah. I have to man up and face the demons. I have to man up and face my childhood molestation that happened to me. I have to man up and face the fact that racist people were telling me to go back to my own country, you foreigner. I have to man up and face the fact that I was a horrible leader in 2013 and Fit Body Bootcamp franchise almost went out of business. I had to man up and have the most uncomfortable conversations with the people in my business who were a bad fit, but I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Mm. And so I didn't know how to communicate with them. Mm. And so manning up isn't like this tough guy, bravado, macho thing. Man up is stop making excuses, take control of your situation, and rise to your potential. You see it in movies and TV shows, sitcoms all the time. It's like, hey, bro, dude, man up and go after the girl of your dreams. Hey, bro, man up and ask your boss for that raise that you deserve. And so there's a segment of the population that thinks it's a gender-specific thing. They go, well, I right. want a woman up. Here's what man up means. Human, right? Mm. I believe as humans... We are top of the food chain. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Like, we're top of the food chain. Yeah. Yet I can go out in the parking lot here with the camera guys here and you, and we can look in people's cars, and you're going to see burger wrappers. You're going to see empty soda cans. You're going to see a car that looks like a f dumpster. Mm -hmm. And the reason these cars look like that, because these people are living subpar. Mm. If you're human and you're top of the food chain, why are you living like a f animal? And if you've got a few pounds to lose, why don't you lose those to set a great example for your kids? If you're cheating on your spouse, why don't you stop cheating on your spouse so that you can set a great example for your kids mm. who are eventually gonna find out anyway, or you're not gonna feel like an imposter or a cheat. All those things are manning up, because people go, yeah, but I was in a hurry so I couldn't wash my car, clean my car out. Yeah, I don't have time to work out. Man up, stop making excuses, take control of your situation, and rise to your potential as a human. Yeah, and yeah. so whether you're woman or man, rise to your potential. That's what Man Up is about. Yeah, and is, is this a lot of the kind of stuff that you go through in the book? Absolutely, and it's the six pillars of leadership that will help anybody kick ass in business and in life because, in fact, the very first pillar is about the inner work. It's mm. about self-discipline. Yeah. Become a self-disciplined human where you actually overcome the internal obstacles, the mental obstacles, discuss with a therapist if you have to. I talk about going to see a therapist in there, mm -hmm. right? Working with the therapist and going through the dark shit that I had to suppress for years. Right. Like you gotta first man up and do pillar number one, self-discipline, before you can communicate, get clarity of vision, build a strong team and, and all this, you know, decisiveness and all the other stuff I talk about in there. Right. So when you were at that position and you were trying to you really figured out that, hey, man, I got, I just got a bunch of stuff in here that I, I really got to get out. How long did it take you before you actually took action on that and sat down and said, hey, man, can you help me with some of this? Good question. In uh, 2013, when I said I was a horrible leader and our Fit Body Bootcamp franchise was actually losing more money. It's funny, right? Because in 2008, 2009, the economy mm -hmm. crashes and I start building Fit Body Bootcamp with the intentions of making this great franchise. And I go all in. I take all the financial risks. But because I was an ineffective leader, as we grew the franchise and my leadership didn't grow, my leadership became the lid of my success, right? Like mm -hmm. I was kept butting up and hitting this glass ceiling. And so before you know it, the franchise is growing. My leadership abilities are not. I'm unable to lead a growing franchise. I was able to grow a small franchise. It started to implode on itself. And it wasn't until I started to really focus on building my inner skills. And so in 2013, well, I should say by now, by 2014, I had this massive anxiety attack, dude. Travis, it was so bad that I thought it was a heart attack. And I talk about it, and I call it, the chapter's called The Morning of My Heart Attack. <laughs> and I'm 38 at the time, or 37, and I'm like, 
I die of a heart attack like this? Like the fitness guy dies of a heart attack? Like this is a- You're envisioning the headline. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I was like, this has got to be a joke. <laughs> and as it turns out, thankfully it wasn't a heart attack. I went to the doctor and he explained to me that you just had a massive panic attack. Ironically, I had a whole bunch more to follow. And it wasn't until I decided to man up mm. and because I felt like an imposter. Anxiety, I always hung out with my friend anxiety, right? I always- and I, when I got a therapist in 2015, so there was about a year and a half between the time I felt mm. the first anxiety attack yeah. and I got the therapist about a year and a half. And the first thing the therapist teaches me, his name is Kevin. Listen, you're getting, you're getting anxiety attacks because you're living in a state of anxiety all the time. I go, what does a state of anxiety look like? Yeah. Simple, anticipation of future pain. Mm. So if we're always anticipating future pain, well, what was one of my anticipation of future pains? I had a business partner at Fit Body Bootcamp. He was a great human, a good guy, funny as hell, made me laugh, but horrible at running the business with me. <laughs> horrible, just awful. Like I felt like I was, we were not equally yoked. I was doing 80% of the work. He was doing 20, maybe, mm-hmm. right? And I'm being generous. And so, but I He's liked- comic relief. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. but I liked him so much, I didn't know how to have the conversation with yeah, him. Totally. So the anticipation of future pain was, what is he gonna do next to screw up the business, right? Mm. I was kept anticipating future pain that he was gonna deliver. It wasn't until manning up, that I had to have the uncomfortable conversation with him, which I would have never had, because I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But when I had that conversation, it was a sense of relief for him. And it was this another layer of anxiety gone. And before you know it, one man-up conversation at a time, I no longer deal with anxiety and I sleep well at night. Do you find that your ability to handle tough conversations directly affects your level of success? Absolutely. Your ability to communicate during the toughest, ugliest times is in direct correlation with success or failure. And do you feel like a lot of that came from your therapist sitting down with you and like walking you through? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what's happening, man. Like you're obviously doing this, which is creating this. And then through that process, like do you, do you still see the same guy or did yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, it's, I went to him every Monday at 6 p.m. for 16 months. Now okay. I see him about once a month for okay. a little checkup from the neck up, if you right. will, right? right? A third party in my life who isn't necessarily invested in my life in a way that my wife and family right. and you mm-hmm. know team members are. And so he'll give me this like objective view on yeah. things. What I love most is we would role play, dude. In that time, we would role play. I'd be like, well, listen, I don't think you understand. Me and my business partner, like our families are friends. Mm-hmm. And so what if I say, hey, we should part ways and then our families can't be friends. He goes, well, let's role play. I'll be him, you be you. And so we would role play. And then we'd go the other way. He was me and I was him, mm-hmm. right? All of a sudden, as we're role playing, he goes, you learn new tools, right? It's funny that people seek coaches or personal trainers, mm-hmm. you know, mentors for their business, coaches in athletics, personal trainers for their fat loss. Yet we don't seek a therapist to deal with our innermost upness yeah. <laughs> and, and inability to communicate, yeah. right? Because right. mom and dad didn't teach us how to communicate. And so we don't know yeah. how to communicate. A therapist will role play with you. And all of a sudden, dude, I knew how to talk to my wife. Mm-hmm. I knew how to talk to my employees. I knew how to talk to my business partner. And it made life so much easier when I've already role played it with someone, know the outcome, and yeah. I can come and have that conversation with you. Why do you think it took you so long in that year and a half time frame between like the first panic attack until you were like, all right, I got to go check. I got to go get this checked out. Well, you know, working with a therapist is kind of has this negative connotation, doesn't that's it? What I, yeah, that's what I yeah. Think, yeah. And that's exactly it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it's a tough guy. Nothing's wrong right. with me. As right. it turns out, everything yeah. was wrong with me. As it turns out, everything's wrong with everyone. Because right. then I read a book 
called The Body Keeps the Score. And that book, I forget the author's name, but if someone can Google it and find it, The Body Keeps the Score talks about one out of every four people have had sexual abuse in their life. And that causes a massive amount of trauma. One out of every three people have had some kind of physical, emotional, mental abuse. Hmm. Leaves the same amount of scarring trauma in your brain. Like when they do the CAT scan on the brain of people who have been raped or molested or physically beaten or emotionally abused, same part of the brain lights up. Well, that trauma creates lens. We see the world in a twisted fashion, right? All of a sudden, for me, I didn't trust guys because I was molested by two older boys, right? I didn't trust guys. So imagine how our relationship would have been five years ago if you met me. It would have been very different than it is today, where now all I want to do is, hey, man, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Back then, I was a person of service, but like I was always like, watch out. What's Travis is going to do? It's always you against everybody else. Yes, exactly. Right. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was a negative connotation, but the alternative was what? Keep having anxiety attacks. Keep taking NyQuil and Vicodin to right. fall asleep at night. And actually have a heart attack, maybe. And actually right. maybe have a heart attack by the time I'm 40. Mm-hmm. So I said, F- man, I'm going to go see a therapist. And I didn't talk about it. Yeah. It wasn't until a year later that like Sean Stevenson, Model Health Show, he's interviewing me mm-hmm. and I actually mentioned... I go, Kevin, my therapist, and I felt okay with it. And I just started, blah, just all came out. <laughs> and now I've become like this poster boy of entre- tough guy entrepreneurs who can go see therapists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how it's like totally fine and actually really good for you. Not a damn thing wrong with it, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, man. You said you have a lot of limiting beliefs from the way that you grew up. Yeah. Just about, about what immigrants can do with money, about your mindset about money, about relationships with people. Yeah. How did you overcome those limiting beliefs and how important is it to replace those with positive, good beliefs? Good question. So I really did have a bad negative association with money. And that's because you know, when you come to this country, you're a foreigner, you don't have much money. One of the things my dad always said, not in a negative way, but he's like, oh, ran out of money before we ran out of month. You yeah. know. And so it was one of those things where money was all of a sudden this magical thing. That, Elusive right, spirit right, yeah, that, that comes and goes as it will. Yeah, yeah right. White collar people can get it. <laughs> Blue collar people can't. Right. Immigrants don't have access to it. We t- tend to run out of money before we run out of month. And I had this, by the way, and it was, you know, we don't want to talk about money in our family because, well, we don't have it. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, as now, as I hang out with very affluent people, money is just a way of impact. Money is a vehicle to freedom. So look at how it's been reframed to me. Money is just a vehicle to freedom and experiences and impact. Did you view people with money in a negative connotation? No, I never viewed them in a negative connotation. I just viewed them as, oh, okay, because you're white collar and you were born here. I created an excuse, Hmm. which I hadn't manned up. So I created excuses instead of stop making excuses. It's like, oh, okay, you're white collar and you were born here. You're American. That makes sense. I'm a foreigner, blue collar, not American, right? This is why I'm broke and you have money. Instead of Oh, you deliver a solution to many people who have a problem. Yeah. I don't have that solution yet. And therefore, I trade time for dollars. Yeah. How crippling is that? For I mean, even if you have big dreams and ambitions, like that is always going to be in the back of your head, right? Like, oh, well, they just, they're successful because they were born here. Right. The color of their skin, whatever it may be, the, the area they grew up in, or their parents have this and that. And I just don't have any of that. So... It's good for them that they're successful. It's good for them that they have money. I'll just never be that way. So how did you start tackling some of these? What was like the main practice that got you out of this? There was, I hate to break it to you. There was no main practice for me. Thankfully, as a personal trainer, when you have one-on-one personal training clients, they're paying $800 to $1,200 a month. It's usually affluent people who can afford this. Mm -hmm. And one of my personal training clients, his name is Jim Franco, a very crusty, curmudgeon older dude in his his (laughs) 60s while I was in my 20s. 
I'm like, Jim, how do you come in here? I see you park like an Escalade out there. And then I saw you roll up the next day with the Mercedes. And then you come in here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two in the afternoon when everyone else is working. Like, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a millionaire. I'm like, I know a millionaire. (laughs) It was like, all of a sudden, you're an alien. Like he might as well have been from Mars, right? right? He's like, yeah, you know, a millionaire. Probably a lot of your clients are millionaires or married to millionaires. I'm like, no way. He goes, yeah, how do you think we can afford you, right? <laughs> and uh, well, as it turns out, most of my money was going to the gym anyway. I was just getting an hourly pay. Uh, okay. The gym was making that kind of money. But <laughs> So Jim Franco said, look, can I mentor you? And he, Yeah, sure. He goes, I'm going to bring you a cassette tape tomorrow, and I want you to listen to it. It was the Tom Hopkins cassette tape, and it Tom taught Hopkins. me real estate sales, except I was a personal trainer. Yeah. So my limited mindset the next day I was like, hey, Jim, this talks about real estate sales. I don't need this tape. I'm right. a personal trainer. He goes, you dummy, just <laughs> replace real estate with personal training. Right. Oh, okay, right? Tom Hopkins leads to Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy to Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar to Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins to Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics. Amazing book. And before you know it, I'm learning you know, from Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert. And Jim Franco is completely reframing how I see money. Like his, one of his lessons to me was take a little bit of money from a lot of people. I go, uh, like what? He goes, look, the gym charges $49 a month, yet I buy one month of personal training from you, and you train me for the block of sessions, and then you put your sales hat on and you sell me another month of training and you're awkward with it. Hmm. What if you could just start billing me on a monthly basis? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. My industry, the personal training industry, we don't do monthly billing like yeah. the gym does. He goes, another limiting belief. Yeah. Another limiting belief, right. right? So I went from fixed mindset to growth mindset thanks to having a mentor. Yeah. So the number one thing that people can do to change their perspective and reframe the negative into a positive, get a mentor who's already living the life you want and yeah. just be open-minded, growth-minded, and let the mentor start pouring into the empty vessel that you are. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.